Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 66, Raul Hernandez Ochoa Helps Teams Flourish. Here's a shout out to listeners in Casablanca, Morocco, Romania, Stockholm, Sweden, Sofia, Bulgaria, and Vietnam. With that, let's get started. If you run a business, chances are you have a strategy. And if you don't have a strategy, Raul is someone who can help. His motto summarizes what he has to offer. It goes like this. To help successful entrepreneurs create certainty in their business with simple proven frameworks. So the question becomes, how can you create certainty in business? Well, I suggest listening to some of the podcasts where Raul is a guest or go to his own podcast, which is one word, hashtag do good work. And of course, you can find all the links in the show notes. Part one, untap potential. On this podcast, I often say leadership is not about you. It's about other people. You practice leadership from the perspective of your role. In other words, you enhance what you do by helping others develop and mature mentally and morally. In this first story, Roel illustrates how this is done with an example from earlier in his career. Here's Roel. I really like the fact that you focus that leadership is around building character and moral. And I think that can be lost in transition in the actual workplace where that's the level of responsibility for leaders. I think one thing I would tell you an actual story as opposed to a quote, um, you know, the quote, if I were to think one on my feet would be, I think uh, Mother Teresa, like that life is giving uh-huh. and that's important to give. And she's inspired me in so many ways, but uh, she's uh, s- such a small woman, tiny in stature to create such a large impact in the world. But also looking like um, when I was in the leadership position, I still am, but like in a former team that I was helping out directly, when someone set aside, literally set time aside just to, you know, thank me for a conversation that we had six months prior, it was around six months of helping that individual change the way that they view themselves in their role and how they were able to flourish in that role. Because since six months prior, I was considering letting them go. But I had a conversation around how they can shift their approach and the just the small thank you. I mean, it wasn't a huge like parade. It was a small thank you. But the level of impact that every conversation as a leader that you have and understanding the level of responsibility of each conversation and every word that comes out of your mouth as a leader is important. And that, that kind of shaped it in a way for me to continue to not only see the depth of the responsibility, but also take more of my own ownership and making sure that am I being conscious and intentional with the words that I'm using? The depth of responsibility, I think that's so telling of the role of someone in a management or a manager of people because, and and I've seen this happen too often, where you have a direct report who is struggling and the manager doesn't, there's no intervention. And finally, the manager has to let the person go. But there's a depth of responsibility to not only remove barriers and roadblocks and make it easier for individual contributors to contribute, but also to guide the direct reports to be successful. And when someone leaves or we have to fire someone, it's a failure of our part in, in management. In part, yes. In part, sometimes it's it's both responsibilities, right? Well, fair enough. 
you can have the best leadership in the world, but the, the person you can't change their will to act. Um, this individual changed their will to act and behave differently. And they, they made changes and it was measurable change. But I think you also leave it back to the level of understanding the having awareness of the needs of the company and the team or the department that you're working in at that current moment and being proactive to actually move towards the right actions that are necessary to move that department or team forward. Because, I mean, if you're just like a backseat driver leadership and you let everyone drive and maybe it does well, maybe it doesn't do well, that's not the type of leadership that I'm talking about. Here's more proactive, not micromanaging, but hands on to support the team and empower the team. There's a difference between controlling what your people do and allowing them to versus allowing them to think and act and be creative and innovate, but at the same time, making sure that they don't have barriers in their ways and that you're not a barrier. Yeah, that's it's really true because like that's one of the most untapped potentials within any organization and your listeners to now is their people, is your team, it's your humanity. Right. So how can you, the way that you approach, the way that you work, the way that you talk, the way that you set the scene, the way the resources that you get, how can you have what you currently have right now? How can you help them do better, do more, shine more? And most of that has to weigh with the, has to do with the way that they view themselves in their workplace and the way that they view you as a leader and the way that they view the work. And that is all separate from the tactics or strategies or education or resources or logins or funds or whatever. It has to do with like, how can we increase your human potential just by the way that we treat you? Part two, people are not errors. In high school, I read a book by the psychologist Thomas Saws called The Second Sin. I haven't seen the book in decades, but I remember a concept from it. Here it goes. If you critique my behavior, I could do something about that. For example, if you say, I walk too slow, I can pick up my speed, I can stop, I can do a lot of things. But if you label me, I can't do much about that. If you say I'm lazy, that doesn't tell me how to change. So labeling can take away your power to act or to respond or correct your behavior. In this story, Roll shares a concept that relates a little bit to what Thomas Oz was saying. Here is Raul to explain. So a conversation in regards to maybe tough circumstances when it comes to leadership, um, we were with a senior team member and then a junior team member that was recently hired and there was a job that was supposed to be done and there was an error and that affected on the client side where the client saw the error was an error where it's quite uh, dramatic. Uh, when we had a, a simple conversation to review how what happened with the error, what's, what's the, the situation, why did this outcome happen? I can sense and also was told that the the junior staff member uh, was almost close to tears and somewhat in, in, in shock because they were afraid that they were going to lose their position because they were recently there. And then uh, within a few, I would say, a couple of weeks, uh, there was this error, this issue that happened. And I think that it wasn't that I'm, I, I learned this from the books or from the education or even from my own experience. It was more looking at the problem as a problem and not attributing that to the individual, meaning we take ownership for our issues. We take ownership of what happened, but the person does not equal problem. Person does not equal error or failure. And when when I was able to kind of communicate that and just say, hey, you know, this is not to you know down on you or just to make you feel bad. It's just to look at the situation, see how can we proactively move forward. And you know, I really want you to to, to shine here and work here. The level of engagement and encouragement 
that not only did that give for the senior team member awareness of how we lead, but also for that junior team member to develop into now uh, what has become a senior team uh, team role as they transition within the company. We, we aren't just like ironclad or that as a leader, you don't have to be ironclad. You do have to stand strong in regards to correcting issues, but also don't attribute failure to an individual. Don't call someone a name and give them that, that self-identity separate the issue from the person and work with the person on the issue and identify, is this person willing to be proactive on that issue or set series of issues? Can we work through that? Or are they themselves choosing and opting out to no longer be in that team? And I think doing that, uh, whether it's having a tough conversation with an individual um, or a team member, it's really helpful as a mental model, as I work with leaders to do this and also give them that kind of frame of mind. But even for myself to be able to identify like this person or this issue is not attributable, like it's not their personality, we do have to have ownership and be able to correct that and see what the next best steps are. Gary Rumbler, who's passed away now, he's a performance consultant. He's well known for the five whys kind of attributed to him and mm -hmm. about the swim lanes and flow charting. Those were stuff he developed when he was at Motorola. One of the things that he thinks about when he examines problems is that usually at the middle is the person, the performer or the worker or the employee. Mm -hmm. Management tends to point or people in management tends to point at that person. What you're saying right now is that they're associating the error with that person. But so often there's many factors involved with inputs, with setting expectations, with communications, with feedback, with some of the outputs. And with the system itself that can be the source of the problems mm -hmm. where the individual is just a contributing part who happened to be in the system operating at the time. Yeah, and, and I love that too, but it's also someone has to take ownership or a team yeah. or a department has to take, because if there's no ownership of it, then that's a different type of error going on in the, in the organization. So you, you do take ownership for your errors, but it's also not attributing that you are this error. That's an that's extremely important thing to think about when you're working with your people, because if they attribute that, that, hey, I'm actually, you know, cause of an issue, the next time they go to do their work, they're going to have that preset belief. And then when they execute an action, they're going to be executing with the minds of saying, I hope this doesn't fail and watch it might have a failure because they might have missed something and they're not in the proper state of mind. You want the person to know that when errors happen, you need to be accountable, definitely, and own the error. but the error is not the person and that if you make an error, it's just that it's an error. It's a mistake. It's a learning experience. And if you treat it properly as a manager, then you give confidence for that junior level person who, as you described, ended up being a senior level team member. Exactly. You, you give opportunity for growth and then you kind of put the ball on the other person's court and saying, knowing what you know, knowing with like the how we work and operate and how we think here, what is the next best step and seeing are they going to take a proactive next best step? Do they have that within them or are they are they choosing by and showing you by their choice and the decisions that they're not equipped for the next best step or to, to have a future in the company? Part three, five pillars. I've written extensively about leadership principles and principles are ideas that guide us as we act, make decisions, and while we interact with people in our lives. Rule advises us with some of his own guidance that can really strengthen how we interact with teams. Here's Rule to explain. 
in my book, Productive Profits, one of my capstone chapters towards the end, it's called Heroic Leadership and how to become a heroic leader and how to lead heroically. There's essentially five pillars to heroic leadership. And this is my experience from actually helping teams run and operate and grow rapidly in terms of revenue and team size. The five pillars are setting the stage, being steady, having informed execution, facilitating movement, and fueling others. And all of this ties together, and it's a symbiotic relationship between each pillar, uh, but you can focus on each individually. For example, as a leader, you set the stage and the tone of how you lead your team. The words that you use, the engagements, the word, the descriptors, as well as the vision that you give. Also steady, being patient, not only with yourself, but with others and being able to be almost like a solid rock to have the team be able to have dependency and being able to depend on you. Uh, when it comes to making informed decisions or execution is not making trigger-based decisions, always looking at the data and always looking at either a board of directors, a coach, or even other executive team members to make the right decision based on the mission, goals, and values of the company. And always taking that approach, especially when you're growing fast. Fourth area of facilitating movement is just that orchestrating movement within the organization and making sure that actions and informations are, are flowing properly within your team and that there's no stop gaps or lack of information or ambiguity that could cause bottlenecks or even losses in terms of revenue or time. And the final one is fueling others being able to empower future leaders, empower your team, uh, and even doing like a small little coaching session. So every time your team members have a question, uh, you can have them come to you with three potential answers so that you can work with them to identify which is the best answer and why. So that they can start thinking the way that you think, or that you can see it wow, they think better than me and they can be better equipped to take over this position in the future. So those are, I think, the five areas that I would focus on when becoming a heroic leader and something that listeners can take away. When you say heroic leadership, why heroic? How does that word, you associate that word with the five pillars? Heroic because you you have to address the situations as they are. And not every situation in a company is perfect. You not only do you have to take responsibility, but you also have to not shy away from the ugly. And you also need to be able to inspire others because anyone can manage, but not everyone can create other leaders. And not everyone can create other leaders and inspire them to do their best. And there takes, it takes wisdom to, to know the difference because uh, when you delegate a task, you have someone take an action off your plates or a team, you know, you might delegate a task, but the responsibility still lies within the leadership team or within you if you're the sole leader. So it's just being brave in your stance and being able to take that head on because the team's looking at you and uh, secretly the team wants to be led. And if you're able to lead them properly, like you mentioned, morally with a strong framework and that you need to become that person. And that's not, it's not always easy. Let me go back to one of the pillars and just briefly dive into it. You talked about informed decisions and it's about looking at the data, but I'm going to reinterpret what you were saying that it's not just looking at the data, but it's also applying the data or using your guiding principles to look at the data to, in a sense, guide you to decisions. So it's sort of like a combination of the two. Is that accurate? Correct. Qualitative and quantitative. Because data by itself is meaningless. It has to tell a story. My thanks to Raul Hernandez Ochoa. If you'd like to learn more about Raul, go to the show notes. If you have a comment or question, go to unlabelleadership.com, click the message icon, and you can leave a voicemail message up to one minute. I'd like to thank those who contribute to the show. 
Your contributions help offset some of the production costs, which makes a difference because this is a volunteer podcast. I'd like to also thank you for listening. Until next time, lead on.